Welcome to the Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care podcast. Why does this topic matter? One person in the United States dies from a drug overdose every six minutes. We as healthcare providers must do better to treat addiction, prevent overdoses, and improve the lives of our patients and their families. This podcast is designed to provide you with simple and evidence-based information on substance use disorders that you can use to take better care of your patients on your next shift. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care. Dr. Casey Grover here once again as your host. I'm going to try something a little different with this episode. If you've listened to some of my earlier episodes, you probably recall me talking about a friend of mine named Paul. Paul was a patient of mine in the emergency department who had a severe substance use disorder. We became friends over time and we often talked about his substance use disorder. He and I actually wrote about some of his experiences and he had lots of lessons that he taught me about living with a substance use disorder. It is his art that is the logo for my podcast, which was a painting that he did to express what it felt like being a person with a substance use disorder. Unfortunately, as you also may recall from earlier episodes where I discussed Paul, he died of an overdose in 2019. Paul and I wrote a piece together about one of his perspectives as a patient with an opiate use disorder, and I wanted to read the story here to provide some perspective on what life is like living with an opiate use disorder. For your reference, we actually did publish this piece on kevinmd.com in 2017. And at that time, I was just beginning to learn about stigma and stigmatizing terms. So I'm going to read this piece here. However, I have corrected the stigmatizing terms in the original version that was published on kevinmd.com. Let's begin. What does it mean to be well? Wellness. It's all the rage these days as we try to manage our crazy work schedules while still maintaining life balance. We have wellness committees, wellness workshops, wellness coaches, and wellness apps for our smartphones. So then, what does it mean to be well? To the average person and to the dictionary, to be well is to be in good health or in a good or satisfactory way. However, to those suffering through an opiate use disorder, the idea of what it means to be well is completely different and provides a rather harsh insight into how hard it is to fight addiction when everyone around you just believes that your addiction is a moral shortcoming rather than a medical illness. I recently took care of a patient in my emergency department who is in recovery from an opiate use disorder, and he took the time to share some of his stories with me. His use of the word well, as he recounted his years of addiction, dependence, withdrawal, and debauchery 
was profoundly different than anything I had previously associated with the word. Paul Harper was a polydrug user and was open about his history of drug use when we met. We sat down over a few cups of coffee, him talking about his life with addiction and then in recovery, me just listening and taking notes. As a person who has never been addicted to drugs, I have a lot to learn about what it's like going through it. A few years into the story of his addiction, despite a well-developed taste and appetite for heroin, Paul found himself in an area where oxycodone was more available than heroin. As he described that particular point in his life, he recounted, I had to switch from heroin to oxy, you know, to stay well. Well. What an interesting choice of words. Not high. Well. As I have heard from Paul, as well as multiple other patients with opiate use disorder, opiate withdrawal is absolutely miserable. So miserable as to keep a person using injection drugs just so they don't have to face withdrawal. One young man I met at a town hall meeting on opioids recalled that his use of IV heroin lasted six years as opiate withdrawal made him so miserable that he would do anything to avoid it. So in Paul's story, his efforts to be well were simply just trying to stay out of opiate withdrawal. If only he had known about, and had access to, the various treatments for opiate dependence and withdrawal, perhaps that moment could have been an opportunity to seek treatment for his addiction rather than just moving on to a new drug to replace the old one. As I sat sipping coffee, frantically typing, as Paul was sharing his misadventures in addiction, he moved on to a story about a girlfriend of his who had an asthma attack while she had an opiate use disorder. The long and short of it was that she was having a major asthma attack, severe enough that he had to take her to a local emergency department. Given how much trouble she'd been having with her asthma, she had to stay in the emergency department all day and hadn't been able to use heroin and was starting to withdraw. As a part of her treatment, they established an IV so as to administer medications to stabilize her breathing. Paul was keenly aware of her impending opiate withdrawal, and so he did what any concerned friend who understood opiate use disorder would do. He shot heroin right into her hospital IV. As he recounted the details of the story, he didn't miss a beat as he told me about shooting heroin into her IV tubing. You know, he said, I just had to get her well. Once again, well. Not high, well. I am the first to admit that I led a sheltered upbringing. I attended private school in a nice area. We had multiple school seminars and lectures through the years on why drugs were evil and how they ruined your life. We hosted people who had hit rock bottom and lived to tell about it, sharing their horrific experiences with us in an attempt to scare us away from drugs. I went off to college 
with a sound understanding that drugs are bad and little more insight than that. Granted, it was enough to guide me towards the weekend beer and away from anything that involved a pipe or a needle, but it left me believing that drug use was the deserved choice of the intellectually weak and destitute. Let's look at things another way. Imagine you're in Paul's shoes. You're sitting in an emergency department, your girlfriend is sick with asthma, and you know that if she doesn't get an opioid in her system in the next few hours, she's going to withdraw and get very sick. Chills, muscle aches, anxiety, abdominal pain, diarrhea, vomiting, and who knows what else. You're darn right you're going to do what you can to prevent her from being sick. You want her to be well. With that in mind, it doesn't seem so bad to shoot a little heroin into her IV, right? I mean, it's really just to keep her from getting sick. Fortunately, Paul is in recovery. He's now sober and moving on with his life. In my work as a doctor in the emergency department, however, I see plenty of patients who are still in the throes of addiction. The good news is that we have great medications to treat opiate withdrawal, such as buprenorphine, to help them be well and not suffer through opiate withdrawal while they try to get treatment. The bad news is that they still get looked down upon for having a substance use disorder and often shy away from opportunities at treatment as they fear people will judge them. So the next time you're looking at the step counter on your smartphone's wellness app, take a minute to realize that the definition of well depends on where you are in life. We all need to take a minute to be grateful that we don't have to spend our days looking for our next fix. However, it takes some serious perspective to realize that using drugs means both feeding the insatiable demons of addiction as well as trying to stave off withdrawal. Looking to the future, I hope that we can increase access to treatment for addiction. I hope that people with addiction will be able to openly ask for and receive help when they need it. Let's start actually getting them well. And that concludes the piece that Paul and I wrote together about his experiences. I just want to take a moment and remember Paul. He was such a kind person and will be missed. This concludes our episode. This is my first episode recounting a patient's story as opposed to covering a topic or reviewing a paper, and hopefully you liked it and found it helpful. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, treating substance use disorders saves lives.